Welcome to Accelerate, the official podcast of the Ignite Prophetic Network. I hope this audio equips and inspires you to move deeper into the prophetic with greater accuracy and greater passion. Jennifer LeClaire here. You can see in the spirit. I want to invite you to take the Seer Activation Challenge. 30 days to clearer spiritual sight. I'm going to be on board doing Seer Activations with you, guiding you through biblical entryways and much, much more. You can opt to take the Seer Activation Challenge at tinyurl.com slash seeractivation tinyurl.com slash seer activation. You can also opt to get these three books, Seer Dimensions. You can get Power Seers. This just came out. Keys to Upgrading Your Prophetic Vision. And you can get Seer Activations with 101 Seer Activations and a whole lot more teaching. I want to challenge you to see what you've never seen before. God wants you to be able to see in the Spirit. Open your eyes to the Seer Dimensions in Jesus' name. This is Jennifer LeClaire, and we're going to address today some prophetic confusion that is leading to some prophetic division in the body of Christ. And I want you to come in and get settled. Uh, Perk up your spiritual ears. I want you to listen with spiritual ears. I want you to listen with with a sound mind. Uh, Be easy to be entreated. You know, the Bible says that wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, and easy to be entreated. And so I want to ask you today, as we dive into some of these very difficult questions that you've asked, uh, to be reasonable. Uh, This is not a time to argue and attack. This is not the time to throw stones. This is not the time uh, to be difficult to get along with. God calls us, first and foremost, to walk in love. And so we want to walk in love as we begin to navigate uh, some of these processes, some of these protocols. Uh, Many of you have sent in questions, uh, which I'm going to be answering today. And I'll have to do more than one video because I cannot possibly answer all of these questions uh, at the same time. There's so many questions you guys have asked, so many of you, very good questions. If you want to send in your question about with regard to the uh, prophetic movement and what is going on with these elections prophecies uh, that some prophets uh, are warring with even now after the inauguration. If you want to have your question uh, answered, I want you to visit globalpropheticcenter.com slash ask a prophet, globalpropheticcenter.com slash ask a prophet. And as you come in, you know, share with me where you are. Uh, I'm going to ask you to hold your um, negative comments. God is not negative. God is a good God. I'm going to ask you to uh, not get into debates uh, with each other uh, on this timeline. I'm going to ask you to share this with someone that you feel like needs to hear this truth. And so those are a few of the ground rules. I'm not answering questions live. I am answering questions that you sent 
to the uh, question box, the online question box at globalpropheticcenter.com slash askaprophet. And the reason why is because I want to be prayerful um, about these uh, answers. I don't want to just answer something on the fly or be tempted to speak out of turn, and you shouldn't either. Uh, So let's get into this. Uh, I love that so many of you have come on. I know that you have many places you could be, many places you could go. Uh, And, you know, I understand that we are not all in agreement uh, on these issues. Uh, But I want us to take a look at the word of God. And if we can try to reason together, you know, the Bible speaks of the Bereans. And when the Bereans uh, heard something, they searched it out to see if it were true in Scripture. And so I want to sort of go out on a limb here and take uh, what you might call a risk to answer some of your questions, because I've received so many, 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 many questions. And there's so many people right now that are hurting. There's so many people that are disillusioned. There's so many people that are giving up on prophetic ministry altogether. And let me just say right off the bat, that is not the right response. You know, Paul said in Thessalonians, despise not prophecy. Is that what he said? That is what he said. He said, despise not prophecy. I have been standing in the office of the prophet for 20 years. That's a a little while, right? That's about a minute. And uh, I don't pretend that I am the prophetic police woman. I am not trying to uh, bring correction and change and, uh, you know, a reset on my own. I've been speaking behind the scenes with many leaders, uh, elders, younger millennial prophets as well, just to get different perspectives and to understand uh, where and why things have turned out this way. I have my opinions. I have scripture. I'm going to try to stay away from the opinions. And I think you should probably as well and try to stick as closely plumb lined to the scripture as we possibly can. Now, before I start answering these questions, and again, I'm not answering questions from the audience today. I'm answering questions that were emailed to global uh, sent in through through this website, globalpropheticcenter.com slash ask a prophet, globalpropheticcenter.com slash ask a Profit. Okay, so we're going to get in this, and and I really want you to understand that I believe with everything in me that prophetic ministry and prophets are absolutely vital to the body of Christ. We do not need to discard the entire prophetic movement just because really a relative handful uh, of prophets uh, released an inaccurate prophetic word. Um, you know, the Bible says in Ephesians three twenty that apostles and prophets prophets are the foundation of the church, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. And so we must have prophets. The prophetic movement, uh, we saw the restoration of the prophetic movement and the rise of prophetic people in the 1980s. And so this movement is only about 40 years old. Of course, there's always been prophets. There's always been prophets, even through uh, the ages, there were always prophets. But God began to reemphasize the prophetic ministry through the prophetic movement in the 1980s. And so we we don't want to throw out the baby with the bathwater. We do not want to disregard all prophets because a relative handful released an inaccurate prophetic word. I believe in the prophets. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm going to go down a a few of these questions today with the time that I have. And these are questions that people sent in. 
And I'm going to try to give you as much scripture as I can. And I know that people interpret scripture many different ways. Uh, but, but, you know, let God speak to you, please. And if you're one who is still contending for Trump to be um, put in the White House and for Joe Biden to be removed from the White House in, in the spring, I, I, I'm not asking you simply to believe what I'm saying because I'm saying it. I'm asking you to please, would you open your heart, open your heart and let God show you what he wants to show you. As a matter of fact, I'm going to pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you, God, for truth to prevail on this platform. I'm asking you, God, to help us to navigate this very difficult issue, this crisis in the prophetic movement, uh, where there's division, there's disillusionment, there's hurting people, uh, there's angry people. Uh, Lord, help us to, to rightly navigate this with your wisdom, which comes from above. It's peaceable, it's pure, it's merciful, and it's easy to be entreated. Help us to walk in love with one another and, and, and hash through these issues in a way that glorifies you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Now, if any of you have taken my Elijah Company prophetic training or my School of the Prophetic, uh, the Elijah Company training is for profits. It's at globalpropheticcenter.com and the School of the Prophetic is at schoolofthespirit.tv. You know that I, that I, that I teach prophetic protocols. And I have a book actually called um, Prophetic Protocols and Ethics that came out, I want to say, in March of 2020. And so we can learn a lot through what the scripture says and through practical uh, application uh, through that book. And that might help some of you, which is why I mentioned it, because Cindy Jacobs once said, I think it was in 2019, at the Apostolic Council of Prophetic Elders, on which I sit, uh, she said that there's a new generation, and I believe it, of believers who have not been trained in prophetic protocols. And protocols are not laws. It's not meant to be legalistic, but they are guidelines. They are banks on the river. They prove to be a safety net. And so for some of you that are just jumping on, that might be a book that you need to get in your hands, pick up and read, because it's really going to clarify a lot of things for you. Now, let's dive into the first question. Let's dive in to the first question. Number one, uh, this person says, I am a believer in the prophetic ministry. And I guess my issue I'm struggling with is it wasn't just one prophet, but many that prophesied that Trump would win a second term. Were they all wrong or did personal views get in the way? I've never been more confused than I am with this election issue. And, and listen, I, I, I feel for you. It's been a tough time uh, for all of us. I, I, I you know, I, I realize it's going to bring warfare upon me for doing this. Um, but leaders, I believe, need to speak out with solutions and, and words of healing and explanation in times of crisis. And so that's why I'm doing it. It's, it's not about me or my neck. It's about you and your heart because people are confused. And, um, you know, the morning after the uh, election, the, the, all the votes weren't in. Uh, the Lord showed me then that President Trump would not win. And I know that people will attack me and say, it's, you didn't have faith. It was your unbelief that caused the prophecy not to come to pass. Um, I wish I had that much power. I don't have that much power. Um, I voted for President Trump. I'm registered independent. I voted on the issue of life and the sanctity of marriage and conservative values. Uh, but he did not win. So this person is concerned because uh, so many prophets prophesied it. And, you know, we see here, and you may have heard others uh, mention this in, uh, the, in, in Kings, 
First Kings 22, First uh, Kings starting in verse 22. First um, Kings 22, I'm sorry, starting in verse 1. Uh, now three years passed without war between Syria and Israel. Then it came to pass in the third year that Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah, went down to visit the king of Israel. And the king of Israel said to his servants, do you know that Ramoth in Gilead is ours? But we hesitate to take it out of the hand of the king of Syria. So he said to Jehoshaphat, will you go with me to fight at Ramoth Gilead? And Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, I am as you are, my people as your people, my horses as your horses. Also, Jehoshaphat said to the king of Israel, please inquire for the word of the Lord today. So he's saying we need a prophet to come in and tell us if we should go fight or not. Now, understand that in the Old Testament, prophets were oracles of God. It wasn't like it is today where we can hear directly from God as believers through our covenant with him and the Lord Jesus Christ, faith in him. The Bible says in the Old Testament, God spoke through his prophets, but in our times, in this new covenant, God speaks to us through his son, Jesus Christ. So Jehoshaphat was actually doing the wise thing saying, look, I'm with you, Ahab, but, but, but can, we, can we inquire of the word of the Lord from some prophets? In verse six, then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together, about four hundred men and said to them, shall I go against Ramoth Gilead to fight or shall I refrain? So they said, go up for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. And Jehoshaphat said, now listen, let's back up. All 400 prophets said the same thing. All 400. They all came into agreement with this particular word and they prophesied it. Now, Jehoshaphat, he had some discernment. And Jehoshaphat said in verse 7, Is there not still a prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of him? So he knew that these prophets were yes men. And please don't read between the lines. I am not saying that prophets who prophesied a second term in 2020 uh, for uh, President Trump uh, were uh, his yes men. I am not saying that. So please, I know your emotions are high. Some of you are very raw. Some of you are probably uh, very much uh, angry with me right now, but I am not saying that. So don't put words in my mouth. The only one that's allowed to put words in my mouth is the Holy Spirit. Amen. So verse eight. So the king of Israel said to, uh, to Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord here that we can ask? And Ahab said to Jehoshaphat, well, there's one, his name is Micaiah, the son of Imlah, by whom we may inquire the Lord, but I hate him because he does not prophesy good concerning me, but evil. And Jehoshaphat said, let not the king say such things. So long story short, they call for, for Micaiah. And uh, they were there with their robes, sitting and waiting uh, for Micaiah. And uh, here in verse 11, Zedekiah, 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 uh, he said this, thus he prophesied this, thus says the Lord, with these you shall gore the Syrians until they are destroyed. So here's this pro-Ahab, uh, pro-Jehoshaphat prophet who is now doing a prophetic act to reveal what he believes the word of the Lord is. 
And in verse 12, all the prophets prophesied saying, all the prophets prophesied saying, go up to Ramoth Gilead and prosper for the Lord will deliver you in the king's hand. Now here comes Micah. They'd sent for him while, while they were going to get Micah. These other prophets kept on prophesying the same thing. You're going to win. You're going to win. You're going to win. So the messenger went to verse 13. Then the messenger who had gone to call Micaiah spoke to him and said, now listen, come on, Mike, listen to me. The words of the prophets with one accord encouraged the king. Let your words be like the word of one of them and speak encouragement. In other words, you have to agree with these other prophets. So there was all this pressure on Micaiah to prophesy in accordance with the word that the 400 already gave. I felt that pressure. I felt that pressure. I felt it very strongly one time when I was doing a prayer meeting and I felt the pressure. I began to prophesy and I felt the pressure so strong to release that, but I knew it wasn't God. And so I didn't prophesy it. I did prophesy in 2016 that Donald Trump would win the presidency, but I did not prophesy it this time. The Lord never spoke anything to me about the presidential election. He spoke to me about many other things uh, that turned out to be more profitable for me, profitable spiritually, not financially. Paul, think, Paul said, all things are not profitable to me. And so I stayed out of all of that. And of course, I prayed and I voted. So here's Mike, Micaiah, and uh, the, this, this messenger saying, look, you, you, you got to hold the party line. Everybody's prophesying Ahab's going to win. You need to prophesy the same thing. And uh, Micaiah said, uh, Micaiah said, I have to prophesy whatever the Lord tells me. I, I can't go against it. But here we see Micaiah coming before uh, the kings and they said, should we go? Should we fight? Should we pull back? What should we do? And Micaiah actually caved in to the pressure and said, go and prosper for the Lord will deliver it into the hand of the king. So the king came to him and said, how many times shall I make you swear that you will not tell me anything but the truth in the name of the Lord? Now here's where Micaiah speaks up. Now, whether Micaiah was afraid to be put in prison for prophesying the opposite, whether he was afraid he'd be stoned by the other prophets, I don't know why he prophesied what he knew wasn't true. There was some kind of pressure going on there in the spirit. Verse 17, then he said, he saw a vision. Micaiah saw a vision. I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains as sheep that have no shepherd. And the Lord said, these have no master. Let each return to his house in peace. And the king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, didn't I tell you he would never prophesy anything good for me? And long story short, Micaiah said this, therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the host of heaven standing by on his right hand and on his left. And the Lord said, who will persuade Ahab to go up that he may fall at Ramoth Gilead? So one spoke in this manner and the other spoke in that manner. And essentially what happened is a lying spirit rose up and said, I will go and deceive the prophets. Now, what ended up happening was Micaiah was right. Ahab died in battle. Micaiah prophesied, if you go, you're going to die. And Micaiah was right. The 400 were wrong. Micaiah ended up in jail because he went against the prophetic flow. I could go way deep into this, but I want to answer more questions. So here's the reality. I don't believe a lying spirit went into the mouth of the prophets per se. Um, but I do believe that they were prophesying some of them according to a party line. I don't believe that every prophet uh, who prophesied, every prophet who prophesied a Trump win is really a prophet. 
Because after the election, we saw a slew of new prophetic words come out every day with people having dreams, visions, new prophetic words about how Trump was going to get in by this day, by that day, by this day, by Christmas, by January 1st, and all of these things. And suddenly uh, we had you know hundreds of people uh, who, whose name we weren't familiar with uh, being promoted as very credible prophetic voices who maybe never prophesied anything at all, but because they came into agreement with the popular opinion prophetically uh, on the conservative side of the aisle, um, they found themselves getting published in major prophetic magazines. Uh, they found themselves being you know, YouTube phenomenons because they prophesied according to the party line. And this is one of the things that uh, I believe it was Rick Joyner who I first heard this from you know, 20 years ago in a book that he wrote called Prophetic Ministry. I believe that's where I read it. Uh, it's, the, it's a book that's got an eagle on it. It's blue. And um, I, that just struck me so early on uh, in my walk in the prophetic uh, that we have to be careful not to prophesy according to the party line. So I believe, um, and I've been teaching this for 20 years, we all have biases. And in this case, number one, I don't believe that everyone who heard, who I don't believe that everyone who prophesied Trump would win is a prophet. I don't believe that everyone who prophesied Trump would win heard that directly. I think for some people, for some who prophesied that Trump would win, it was secondhand revelation. They saw other people prophesying that Trump would win. They said, wow, they're getting a lot of attention. Wow, look at look at the ministry. Their ministry is growing because they're prophesying this. And I think they got on a bandwagon. I think they thought it would be good for them also to prophesy the same thing because that's what they wanted. And let me just say this. I do believe that Donald J. Trump, and I know this is going to make half of you mad, I do believe that it was God's will for Donald Trump to win. So when we believe something very strongly, when we believe this is the will of God, uh, we have to be very careful that we don't prophesy the outcome because we're not just prophesying the will of God. When you release a prophetic word and there are no conditions attached to that word, then you are prophesying the outcome because there's a man of God who I love dearly. He's basically saying prophets prophesy the will of God, not the outcome. That's true when conditions are attached to the prophecy. When people insist Donald J. Trump will be president, I don't care what you say. I don't care that Biden is sitting in the Oval Office right now. He will be removed. Thus says the Lord. If you don't believe me, you are on the wrong side of God. When you hear that rhetoric, you know that we've, we've crossed a line uh, and it's, it is a dangerous place to stand. When you begin to judge and curse people for not believing what you believe or telling people they don't have enough faith uh, because they're not believing that Trump will win when clearly he did not win at this point. It's over. Right. And so we have to be very careful um, that we don't begin to exalt prophets who in the past have had an accurate track record because anybody can miss it. I do believe it was the will of God for Trump to win. I put out a word regarding uh, Trump having a Nebuchadnezzar moment and just about got crucified. Uh, major Christian magazines rebuked me and said I had no right to tell Trump what he needed to do. Uh, this is what the Lord said to me the day after the election. The votes weren't all in yet. He said to me, 
President Trump is facing a Nebuchadnezzar moment. Now, that's all I heard. And I hoped, I hoped that that meant that he had still had time to turn and humble himself and win the election. So I posed it as, well, you know, could it be possible that if he repents, you know, maybe this goes his way? I didn't know. I'm trying to interpret and navigate that myself. The reality was now I have, you know, hindsight. It was already over the Nebuchadnezzar moment uh, that President Trump faced. And he did. You saw how he went into hiding. And God bless Donald Trump. I, I uh, prayed for him this whole time. I voted for him. He went into hiding. He started firing Pentagon officials. Uh, he started, you know, saying things that um, were very provocative, as is his character to do so and has been. Um, but we saw a lot of um, uh, danger um, surrounding him with people who took what he said to a whole nother level. Right. So you have all these conspiracy theories and all of these issues. Uh, and the reality is, I do believe it was the will of God. But God, God, you know, he does not put our presidents in place. He has an opinion about it. He has a will. He knows what he wants. Right. But we do not. We live in a republic. We live in a republic which operates in a democracy. This is not a theocracy. So even though it's, it, I believe it was the, and I know some people don't believe it was the will of God. You have the right to what you view. I believe it was the will of God for Donald Trump to be president. However, the people voted for Biden. You can say, well, there's corruption and fraud and all these things. But I would say this to you with so many millions, literally millions of believers praying, expose, 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 literally, literally millions, expose, expose, expose. Don't you think that God could have answered those prayers? Don't you think that if even one person prayed that prayer, he could have exposed it? You know, the Bible said, I look for a man to stand in the gap, right? So he only needs one. He really only needed one of us to pray that prayer. Well, there's spiritual warfare. And, and that's why Trump didn't win. Um, you know, the people voted. The people voted. And the prophets who prophesied that Trump would win uh, they prophesied without conditions. They didn't say Trump will win if the church prays. However, the church did pray and Trump didn't win. Uh, he didn't say the, the prophets didn't prophesy and say, well, Trump will win if there's no election fraud. There were no conditions. Therefore, these prophets spoke the outcome, not just the will of God. These prophets spoke of the outcome. And some of these prophets and prayer leaders are still um, very, very adamant that Trump will sit in the White House in 2020. Now, they also didn't prophesy that someone like Trump would win in 2024, 2028, because there are those now who are believing, well, maybe the prophets, when they were prophesying that Trump would win, you know, maybe it was symbolic of someone who was like Trump, like a Trump 2.0, someone who had his bulldog tenacity. That's not what the prophets prophesied. God wasn't speaking in an allegory. God wasn't speaking in a parable. God wasn't speaking with symbolism. These prophets who prophesied that Trump would win, they weren't talking about someone like Trump. Uh, they were talking about Trump. And they didn't say 2024. They said two consecutive terms, 2020. Now I'm talking about the ones that I heard. There may be others who prophesied 2024, and I'm not speaking to that issue. I'm speaking to the issue of those who said he will win this year. Now, some of them have repented, and I... I admire that because it takes a lot of humility 
to do that. And that's the right thing to do. And we'll talk about that later. So I've sort of gone off on a long tangent answering that first question. Uh, but that's where we stand. Micaiah was the only one. He was the only one. Remember Elijah? He's, Elijah was like, I alone am left to fight for the Lord. Uh, sometimes God will have one prophet that's telling the truth and a lot of other people who are deceived. And, 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 and so we get deceived by confirmation bias, which I wrote an article about. We're deceived um, because we just want to believe something so bad that it happens. Or sometimes we hear a different voice. And there are some who are prophesying judgment, literally prophesying right now judgment on anyone who doesn't believe. They're cursing those who don't believe Trump won and said, you will be sorry. And they're speaking as oracles of God, uh, going in trances and what they're not really trances, but, but that's what's happening. And it's, it's very dangerous. I do not know where the fear of the Lord is. However, I still believe in the prophetic movement and the prophetic ministry and in prophets with every fiber of my being. We cannot throw out the entire prophetic movement just because there are some um, who have entered into what I would call a strong delusion. Uh, I'm not saying everyone who prophesied that Trump would win was in a delusion. I'm saying there are a few very loud voices right now who are absolutely in delusion. Uh, you remember when the showdown happened at Mount Carmel? And I am going to answer your questions. I'm just I'm giving you a lot of background here because I want you to understand this. When the when the Lord showed me this on Sunday, when the uh, showdown at Mount Carmel occurred, remember the prophets of Baal? They were so loud. They were cutting themselves and, you know, making crying. Hey! I mean, they were making a lot of noise and making a lot of commotion. I mean, they were really going at it, cutting themselves. They were, you know, crying out to, for hours and hours and hours. They were, they were loud. They were very loud. And then here comes Elijah with a simple prayer. Lord, thank you. Show them today who's God. Bam, here comes the fire. And he's the God that answers by fire. And so, you know, sometimes those who are uh, very wrong are very loud because they have something to lose because they know if they're wrong, they're going to be discredited. And Jezebel is trying to discredit the prophetic movement right now. We cannot allow that to happen. The spirit of Jezebel is trying to cause the body of Christ, the church, to throw out prophetic ministry because of this. And we cannot do that. We cannot let Jezebel win. At the same token, some of these ones who are prophesying judgment, they're calling anyone. And I've got, I've got the memes. I'm not going to call names. But, uh, you know, there's some that are saying, uh, if you don't believe the prophets, you are operating in a Jezebel spirit. And I would say the opposite is more likely. If you threaten God's people as a prophet, that they must listen to you or they have no faith, that they must listen to you, or they're operating in a Jezebel spirit, I would say most likely those prophets are the one who have been influenced by the voice of Jezebel. Because Jezebel is using some of these very loud prophetic voices um, to uh, continue to push this deception and divide the body of Christ and ultimately discredit the prophetic movement. That is the agenda here. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information on Ignite, including the Company of Seers, the Lighthouses, the Company of Scribes, and everything we have to offer, visit ignitenow.org. That's ignitenow.org. You have 
have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family.